The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 12. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoke to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. It's a request of some Greeks who had been converted from their pagan religion to the Jewish faith. And here they are in Jerusalem, there to celebrate one of the great high festivals of the Jewish year, the Passover. And they find out Jesus is there. And they want to see Jesus. And so they go to one of his disciples and say, can we get an audience with him? We, just, we want to we see him. This is Holy Week when this takes place. This is three years into the ministry of Jesus. No doubt by this point, everybody knows who Jesus is. <laughs> but who he is, the jury's still out for many on that one. And we're not told why these Greeks want to see Jesus. Maybe they really do believe that he is the promised Messiah that had been prophesied for thousands of years in the Old Testament. Maybe they believed he was their savior, that this was the God-man who had come to rescue them from their sins. We don't know that for sure. It's possible that they've heard the stories They've heard about his amazing teaching and preaching. They, they've heard about the miracles, and maybe they just want to see a little glimpse of that power. Maybe they want to hear a little bit from him about how to live and how to love and be a nice person and be kind and how to love God. Why these Greeks wanted to see Jesus. Do they believe he's the Messiah or not? You know, there's a lot of people in our world today, too, who maybe know who Jesus is, 
have some kind of picture in their mind of what he's all about. Maybe they can picture him from some sort of artist's rendition or drawings. Right? Uh, they might be able to recall some of the teachings that he had in the Bible. I mean, you know, the Beatitudes or, you know, what's been dubbed the Golden Rule, right? All of these things that Jesus taught that people who don't even really know who the real Jesus is might know. Maybe they can name some of his miracles that he did. But do they know the real Jesus? Do they know what he really came to do and what he accomplished for them? Yet there might be, there might be that random friend of yours who knows that you're a Christian and says, hey, I want to see Jesus too. I want to know what you know. Right? And, and they ask you, can I go to church with you? Can I go to a Bible class with you? Right? Because there's some deep spiritual need that they know that they have and they haven't been able to find it anywhere else. Maybe. But for the most part, what would you say our world, our society is looking for? Someone to fix their problems. Someone to take the troubles of their life away. To give them more security in this life and happiness in this life. And so maybe they think, well, maybe, maybe Jesus can give me those things, right? Maybe, maybe if you know, I start going to church, right? if I get into religion, maybe my life will go better. I, if, I, if I give some money, if I donate some of my time, or if I do these things, maybe, maybe life will go better for me. I think that's the Jesus that most people are looking for in the world today. And to be honest, even Christians can fall into that mindset too, can't we? If I have trouble in my life, right, maybe I just got to do more, give more. It's interesting how Jesus responds to the request. Right? Two of the disciples bring the request of these Greeks to Jesus and said, there's some guys who want to see you. And Jesus doesn't really respond to that request. Instead, what Jesus does is he reveals who he really is. He reveals maybe not the Jesus we think we want, the Jesus we need. This is what Jesus says. He starts out here. Jesus replies to, to the request. He says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus compares himself to a dying seed. Is that the kind of Jesus that people are looking for? Is that the kind of Jesus you're looking for? One who says, I'm a dying seed. And says, I don't find glory in a church building. I don't find glory in you coming and dressing up in your Sunday best and singing in tune and giving your offerings. He says, I find glory in suffering and death. And not just an ordinary death, but a gruesome, bloody, gory death that's ugly and painful and lonely. 
Jesus doesn't find glory in the things we do. <laughs> Finds glory in his own death. Is that the kind of Jesus that people are looking for? Is that kind of, the kind of Jesus we're looking for? He goes on. He says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Is this the kind of Jesus that the world's looking for? <laughs> Is this the Jesus we want? Jesus says that if you're with him, your life in this world is turned upside down. If you are with him, it means that everything else in this life means nothing compared to him. That you'd be willing to part with absolutely everything in this life if it would mean keeping you away from Jesus in your eternal life. That career and toys and leisure, all the things of this life, we hate them. We're willing to part with them gladly if it means they're going to keep me from Jesus. Is that the kind of Jesus that the world's looking for? Let's be honest with ourselves this morning. Is that the Jesus we want? To turn away from the things of this life if it means holding on to Jesus? He's not done. He says in verse 20, Six, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. A life with Jesus is a life of being a servant. A life of Jesus is being willing to follow no matter what the cost. Being with Jesus means that he's the leader and I'm the follower. He's the master, I'm the servant. And no matter what, that might mean for my social calendar. No matter what that might mean when Jesus calls it a sin and the world doesn't, and I'm thinking, well, what is it? <laughs> is this the kind of Jesus that the world's looking for? Is this the Jesus we want? Is this the Jesus we're looking for? Follow no matter what the cost. Jesus knows what's coming. Jesus knows what's going to be happening to him. And here in this Holy Week, he's starting to anticipate what's going to happen here at the end of the week. He says in verse 27, he says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this very reason that I came to this hour. Hey, friends, consider what's coming here for Jesus. And he doesn't stop any of it from happening. What we're going to see in just a couple of days is what looks like an absolutely helpless man. Right? He lets his disciple Judas betray him. He lets another disciple, Peter, deny him. He lets Pilate hand him over to be crucified. He allows Roman soldiers to beat him and mock him and spit on him and hang him on a cross. He looks absolutely helpless. He lets others take advantage of you too doesn't he? He doesn't always answer your prayers in the way that you think they should be answered or in the timing that you think they should be answered in. 
He doesn't always come and solve your problems and heal your sickness. Is this the kind of Jesus that the world's looking for? Is this the kind of Jesus you're looking for and you want to know and follow? Jesus knew what's going to happen to him in just a couple of days. And he knows the very reason why he has come. He says right at the end, he says, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus says that I'm going to be lifted up. I'm going to be lifted up onto a cross. And the reason that's going to happen is to draw all people to myself. He's saying that salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name by which we are saved. And that doesn't leave out anyone. There's only one place to find forgiveness. There's only one place to find your way to heaven. And Jesus says it's me alone, me being lifted up on that cross. No one's left out. Not the little baby. Not the nice old lady down the street. <laughs> that goes against what the world says, doesn't it? The world that teaches that Jesus is just one path to heaven. Jesus is just one way to your salvation. Jesus is very clear there's only one way and it's him. Is that the kind of Jesus the world's looking for? Perhaps those Greeks that day didn't know exactly why they wanted to see Jesus. You know, maybe it was just to see a miracle. Maybe it was just they, they thought, you know, he was going to be something different than he really was. And maybe, maybe God has placed people in our lives around us too that they're not looking for the right Jesus. <laughs> they're looking for all of these things for this life. But the fact is, by God's grace, you know who he is. Through word and sacrament, you have come to know who the true, real Jesus is. Not just the Jesus you maybe want in your life, but the Jesus that you really need in your life. And what is it that you know about this Jesus? What is it that you long to see this Jesus? And, and maybe a better question is, who do you know that needs to see the real Jesus? The real Jesus as you know him. Not just a wise teacher. Not just a good man. Not just someone who's there to take all the troubles of your life away, but the one who is God himself in human flesh. This Jesus who was willing to set aside all of his almighty power and glory as God and to come into this world to step into time and to live this life. To go through everything we do. To endure all temptation just like we do. To know what it feels like to go through trouble and suffering and difficulty and sadness and all the while never to question his heavenly father but to live a perfect sinless life in thought and word and deed for you to do what you could not this Jesus this real Jesus this one who desires to draw all people to himself 
to see what he has done for them, to live that perfect life and then, and then be lifted up on that cross, to see him suffer the punishment of hell for all people, to be forsaken by his heavenly Father so that we could be forgiven. This is the real Jesus. This is the Jesus we really need. Not the one who can just come and take care of our earthly problems that came and met our eternal problem. Taking on the punishment of our sins so that we could be drawn back to God. So that we could know his forgiveness and calling us to faith in his accomplished salvation. This Jesus who then calls us out of that sinful world, who gives us a new heart, a heart filled with his blessings of peace and life and faith and joy. This Jesus who cleanses us and makes us his, who gives us this new heart that says, Jesus, I am willing to give up absolutely everything so I can hold on to these eternal blessings that I have through you. Whatever it might keep, might keep me in stumbling from falling and falling and following you, remove those from my path, Jesus, so that I might remain on you, that I might not lose what you have given me in your grace. The real Jesus that we really need, who not only gives you hope for this life, hope that your sins are forgiven and that he's with you, but that you've got the promise of an eternal life with him forever. Friends, this is the real Jesus. This is the Jesus we need to see. And this is the same Jesus that everyone around us needs too. This Jesus who proves just how much he loves you. Today is Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of Holy Week. And I cannot think of a better time to invite someone with you to to know the real Jesus. To know that Jesus who was willing to enter into Jerusalem humbly, but resolutely, going all the way to a cross and to a grave so that he could draw all people to himself and give us that assurance of all of our sins forgiven, to assure us that the prince of this world has been defeated, that he has no power over us, the promise that death has really been vanquished, it no longer has control over us. My friends, we know that by God's grace. We know and we get to see who the real Jesus is, who we really need. And look around you. Look at the round, around at the people in your life. Right? Those who are weighed down by their sin and their guilt. Those who are longing for hope for the future. Those who have been left by everybody else and wondering, does anybody love me and care to point them to their Savior, Jesus? Who loves them too. Why? Why should you? Why should you want to lead others to see the real Jesus? May it be for that love that he has first shown you. That he loved a sinner like you. <laughs> a, a, a love that's life-changing. Makes you look at the purpose of your life and why you're here in a completely different way. That love that Jesus first had for you that, that has spanned from eternity. And that spans into eternity. 
that love of Jesus that you have seen and you have known and you have tasted and you have touched, that love of Jesus that is meant for all. May God fill your heart with that love, overflowing to go and share that love. God grant it.